Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. This is the 30-something movie podcast, so if, thank you for joining us. Um, we are a podcast. If you've joined us before, you know what we are, but we are a podcast that looks back at movies that are hitting their 30th anniversary. Happy 30th birthday to all of our movies that we're looking at. So if you're joining us uh, currently while these are being released, we are currently in 1988. Um, we just hit our 200th episode, so that was kind of fun. And uh, I've got with me tonight, Jeff is one of our usual co-hosts. Jeff is here. Hi. And we, you are the usual one. Was that make me the unusual one? (laughs) You said it. Okay. Uh, And then with us tonight also, we have a very special guest, um, Teresa Delgado from the, well, from many, many podcasts, but from specifically the Disney Vault Talk podcast. Hey guys, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. I, you, you kind of sent out the call that if anybody wanted to talk Christopher Robin, that you were willing to come on uh, other shows. And I think, I think I saw it first, and then I told Jeff, I think, Jeff, you were looking for a time to go see it because you've got the little guy now, and getting the movies is a little tougher, but I I think I told you right away, I'm like, just grab some tissues and go see it as fast as you can. Yeah. It's a great movie, and that's why I pimped myself out on the internet. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. No, not when I really want to talk about something, and I don't really have an avenue for it. You know, so I'm like, yeah. hi. <laughs> Anybody out there? Absolutely. All right. So real quick, uh, just so we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more about Teresa, and you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and some of the shows that you're on here in just a minute. Uh, very, very quickly, I just wanted to do a couple things related to our show, and that is we've had uh, a couple of friends of the show. Uh, a couple of people have sent us some stuff or left some reviews on iTunes. Uh, our good friend Jason Colvin has left us a five-star review on iTunes. Hi, Jason. Jason. You're the best, man. Appreciate it, Jay. Jason is the best. Uh, His review, he said, John and the guys do a great job of revisiting movies that are reaching their 30th birthday. I appreciate that they stay on topic and break down all the interesting aspects of each movie. They also keep the language clean so I can listen with my kids in the car. Fun, funny, and interesting. Keep up the great work, guys. You are welcome, sir. So You are welcome. Um, And then also, so here's... Here's the, I have to do this shout out because this was the highlight of my week um, at Planet Rise. This is a Scott from Planet Rise Creative. He does some kind of a, a graphic design work, things like that. He was the one that sent us the mock up of the Earth Star Voyager poster. Remember what I told you guys about that a little oh, while yeah. back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the Disney Earth Star Voyager uh, TV movie, it was kind of a pilot that they had been doing uh, about 30 years ago. He imagined what it would look like if they did a sequel to that pilot today. And so he did a kind of a mock-up poster of, of what that would look like. Well, he and I got into a little bit of a discussion on the interwebs, on the Twitters, and happened to, somehow it got out that we were talking about Ninja Turtles and kind of our, our mutual love for the Ninja Turtles. Go and, on. Uh-huh. And he sent me copies of the, and I used to have all these on cassette tape as a kid, but between 
moves back and forth, you know, moving overseas and coming back, I lost a whole bunch of my cassette tapes. So I used to have all of the soundtracks to the turtle movies. And I had completely forgotten until he mentioned it on Twitter the other day, the uh, Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. Oh, heck yeah. Remember I had that? that. I had that because I, th- it may be in my parents' basement somewhere. Okay. But I know I had the cassette. I played it a lot. It was oh, a yeah. Pizza Hut thing, I think. It was. They had like official uh, tie-in with Pizza Hut. Yeah, and yeah. I had almost completely forgotten about this thing. And so uh, he had he had actually kind of saved it all digitally. So he shared it with me the other day. And I could just about guarantee I was the only person in the Chicago, the greater Chicago area, rocking out to uh, Pizza Power as I was driving home from work the other day. He digitized the coming out of their shell? Yeah. We're going to talk later about how you might be able to share that. Uh-huh. That's pretty uh-huh. awesome. It was a lot of fun. And then I had to share because um, my son, John, is very deep into the Fortnite craze. No, of course. Uh-huh. I'm sorry as, to hear that. I, as, as they all are. And uh, he found on YouTube a couple of Fortnite raps that people had put together. <laughs> and I, I, I said, okay, buddy. I have a song for you. I need to play you my version of the Fortnite rap. And Did that's you take called him to Ninja Rap. I, I played for him Ninja Rap. Nice. Oh. And I think he liked it, but his other, like the turnaround of it was wait a minute, is this like Ninja the Fortnite player? I was like, oh. no, no, <laughs> no, not everything's Fortnite. Fortnite is ruining our youth. But I tried to explain to him, I was like, you know, you really love these Fortnite raps. This was my version of a Fortnite rap when I was roughly the same age you are now. Everybody in school knew this song. Everybody was playing this song on their Walkmans. Um, This was our Fortnite rap. So we got to enjoy that in the car this evening. So thank you to Scott from uh, Planet Rise Creative. Thanks, Scott. Scott has said that he would he would love to contribute or come on the show sometime when we get to the Ninja Turtles movies. So we're definitely going to... have him jump in here when we get to those. I think we're two or like a year and a half away. It was 1990, I think, was the first one. Yeah. So, okay. so I told him I'd, I'd keep his name, and, and we'll get back to him when it gets to 1990. Sweet. All right. Well, that's what I'll, that's all I got in terms of our kind of announcements, some things like that. Um, I will do real quick our spoiler alert for everybody. Just remind you that uh, if you haven't been on our show before, listened that we do spoil the movies that we talk about. This is a spoiler podcast. So if you have not seen the Christopher Robin movie. First of all, what's wrong? Go see it right now. Go see it three or four times um, and then come back and listen. But we are going to spoil it. So we'll, we'll talk about the movie. So just be forewarned, that's going to happen. Um, and then if you want to find out more about our podcast, then you can go check out our website, 30podcast.com. And that gives you all the different ways you can get in touch with us, interact with us, um, and uh, find different ways to listen to the show. Let's again officially welcome Teresa to to our little show. Um, The background for me with with getting in touch with Teresa is that, John, I think back when we did our episode on either the Black Cauldron or Oliver and Company, you had told me about uh, Disney Vault Talk, the podcast Disney Vault Talk. And I looked into it and there were some issues downloading episodes and I couldn't really, I couldn't download any of them and I was kind of bummed. but as of this spring, I started uh, being able to download all of them. So, Teresa, I'll let you know. I'm currently listening to all, all the episodes. I'm just about to finish the Chicken Little episode. Um, 
But that you're was, that was interesting. That was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought you were about to say Fox and the Hound, and I'm like, oh, sorry. No, I'm past that one. <laughs> that, that that was rough. It was a it's a very I would say rough, rough. especially when I think Steve started to read the synopsis of the novel and how the original novel ended. <laughs> yes. I I almost threw my phone across the room because I didn't <laughs> want to hear any more of it. Um, John, if you haven't heard how it's supposed to end, look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to go into it because I, have, I it, haven't listened to that one yet. So, yeah, it, it'll make me sad to okay. you talking about it. Um, but Teresa, this podcast of, of, of yours, this one, the Vault Talk has gotten me through my summer with my little one. My wife and I just uh, welcomed our son in March. Oh, March what? My March, birthday's in March. March 20th. Ah, I'm the 10th. Ah, so close. So close. We tried. Um, You're only 10 days older than he is. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had some pretty long days this summer as I've been home with, with him while my wife has gone back to work. So listening to Vault Talk has been a lot of fun for me and just remembering a lot of these movies. And I was telling John earlier, it's been costly for me as well because the more you guys talk about movies, the more I think I don't own that one and I should. So I'm just going to order it and buy it and... So your podcast has also cost me money. So thank you for that. Yeah. So you're welcome for the entertainment and sorry for that. <laughs> but, you know, doing Vault Talk has been really interesting. And you were talking about the download issues. We've had some issues with that. And it's all technical podcast garbage that only really podcasters understand about how that stuff can get messed up with feeds and junk. So that's a whole other story. But I think it's fixed. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't had any other problems um, since I think, good. like I said, this I tried again this spring and was able to start. Yeah, uh, start, I don't, start I don't getting know. Home. So, luckily, I'm not in charge of all that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just go, I'm sorry, and I tell Steve, and he tries to fix it. But the show has been really, really fun. It's been a cathartic experience for me and for Steve. And yes, we actually haven't recorded an episode in a couple of months. And it's primarily due to me not getting things scheduled. We did have a Monsters, Inc. episode scheduled. And then I had to cancel. And then he went out of town. So he should be back soon. But here's the good news for people who like Disney Vault Talk. Steve is engaged and his fiance loves Vault Talk. Okay. So time out. Time out. <laughs> okay. So let me just say, because I've like binged your episodes, I'm like on episode 50 or whatever now, I feel like I know you guys. So yeah. hearing that Steve's engaged is like, oh, my friend Steve, he got engaged. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to Steve. Um, yeah. Is this, did he meet this person through Mouse Mingle? No. <laughs> Damn, that would have been no, an awesome not at all. You know, it's funny. We still get those emails, and we don't even use that account anymore. I should really cancel that now. Uh, <laughs> Haley would not appreciate that. Uh, so, no, they're engaged. It's amazing. I'm really happy for him. But she loves Disney Vault Talk, and she keeps pestering him for us to do an episode. So, there will be more coming, and hopefully soon, and hopefully more regularly because I miss doing that show really bad. Well, and so for all our listeners, Disney Vault Talk is it's a great in-depth discussion and as as the intro says, discussion and commentary on the uh the animated Disney films or those that are considered in canon. Um there are a couple that 
I thought we're going to be there that apparently you guys didn't record on. Um, but because they're not in the numbered canon. Apparently, I, I was hoping for a, a goofy movie episode. That is actually not a part of the Disney canon. It is a Disney Tunes movie. That is too bad. Yeah, that is a great film. But anyway, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of people think like Nightmare Before Christmas is as well, and it's not. You know, there's there's some of those that are they stand out, and then you find out oh they're not actually in the numbered canon. But we finished the numbered canon. Minus one, one movie. Uh, and there's a whole story behind that. But <laughs> meet the Robinsons. <laughs> we need to do. Uh, but you know, I mean, you guys know as podcasters, sometimes you have listeners that have, you know, done Patreon or whatever for certain episodes, and so that's what we put out. We have a Patreon supporter that is that claimed that episode, but scheduling with that person has been a nightmare, so we just haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. So we're missing that one. But other than that, we've finished the numbered canon at this point. So through Moana and we are in Pixar now. Yeah, it's so again to our listeners, it's it's a lot of fun. If you are a Disney fan of 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 any kind, whether it's movies, TV shows, learning about what's going on with the company or at the parks, they uh, they cover it all on on Disney Vault Talk. So definitely that is one worth downloading and checking out. Well, thank you. It's a fun show. We're going to be taking our little guy to Disney World in December. And even though he won't get anything out of it, we're going to be getting a lot of pictures. Yay! And a lot lot of fun memories for mom and dad. So that's what we're looking forward to there. Hooray! We are, we're saving up for a trip to go in 2020. Because that's our, that's like, it's hitting a whole bunch of people's birthday years. Like, uh, John's going to be 13. Nora will be 10. I'm not going to say what I'm going to be. Um... Like it was somebody else's anniversary, somebody else's like 75th birthday. So we're getting the whole family together because the kids, our kids have not been uh, to Disney yet. And I, I did kind of, we kind of have gone back and forth on whether to take them when they're really super young or take them when they're a little bit older so that they can remember it a little bit more. And uh, so that's, that's kind of our plan for 2020. And selfishly, I want them to finish Star Wars land so that I can go. Yeah, no, so, totally. And plus, then it'll have been open for maybe about a year or so, so right. that'll help. And then Toy Story Land will have been open for about a year also, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's there's a lot of perks to waiting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just want I just wanted to let you know, since now that we've got you here, that I, I appreciate all that you and Steve uh, have done with uh, Disney Vault Talk, and, you know, I've, I've been listening to Steve ever since the old uh, Starkville House of L days. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, we, he and I kind of got into to helping each other out with some stuff. I would send him some uh, little kind of voice intro things for his show, and, and uh, he'd give me some tips on how to get started with podcasting, and uh, we just do some do some stuff back and forth for, for quite a while. So, And I just, I, I haven't been able to listen to his shows for a little bit, and I, I did hear the other day that he got engaged. So I, I sent him a, a big old congratulations the other day. So that was that was fun to hear because again, Jeff, like you said, you know, I, I've been listening to Steve for gosh, close on to almost ten years now. So it's like this is just this is my friend in Georgia that I've never met before. Right. Yeah. Well, if you guys, if you're you guys, and then your listeners, uh, we do have a group for all of Steve Glasson's podcast on the Geek Out Loud uh, Goaliverse Network. So if you want to interact with me and with Steve and some of the other hosts that he has for shows like Rock Out Loud and Geek Out Loud and stuff like that, if you go on Facebook and look for Guardians of the Goaliverse, you can regress, re, uh, request to join that Facebook group. 
I, and, I am I am one of the guardians of the gold. Awesome. So I'm in there. And, and then you can yeah, you have to answer a couple of little you are not a psycho questions, and then I let I'm you out. I'm out. <laughs> no, no, Jeff, Jeff, they let me in. They let me. Oh, yeah, okay. so you're good. You're oh, okay. good. So okay. we've we've met now. So you're fine. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So if any of your listeners would like to join, feel free. Guardians of the Gullivers on Facebook. Awesome. And then you've got a couple of other podcasts that are. Uh, it's you have three other podcasts, and they all three of them are Star Wars related. Is it three? Four. Is it three? Was it? Four. Well, I'm, I'm thinking seven. I don't know. You I don't talk really about a lot know. of podcasts. I really do. don't know. You have because you have Disney Vault Talk, and then you've right. got Fangirls Going Rogue. Yes. Then you've got Galactic Fashion. Yes. And Star Wars Bookworms. Yes. Am I missing one? Is there another one? I guess it's because uh, we have Rebel Yell, which is a spinoff oh, of mm-hmm. Disney Vault Talk. That was the Star Wars Rebels show. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing more with that with the new Star Wars Resistance or with the Clone Wars coming back. So I guess that's one that's kind of hanging out out there waiting to figure out what's happening. But really quick, Fangirls Going Rogue is my all-female hosted podcast with a kind of just female point of view on Star Wars and stuff. We do a lot of interviews and things like that. We have a lot of fun character discussions. I think our last episode was our slumber party where we just answered a bunch of random listener questions. It was pretty fun. Uh, Star Wars Bookworms is my Star Wars literature podcast, which was actually the first show I ever started was that one. And then Galactic Fashion is a geek fashion podcast, which is super fun to do. So especially these days because there's tons of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's my my daughter. We we had to get for her. Um, oh, it was when her universe came out with the child's Ahsoka hoodie. Yeah. So when that first came out, because we go to the uh, we go to C two E two up here in Chicago, and I've convinced the entire family to to dress up when we go. And that was one of her first costumes when she was really really little. We got uh, we went to the craft store and got a whole bunch of uh, just fake fur, and she was a, a baby Wookie, and then. Um, Later on, when she was old enough, and they came out with the Ahsoka hoodie, that was we had to jump on, and and I said, Nora, you're not going to believe it. The lady who does the voice of Ahsoka makes clothes now for nerdy girls, and so we can go get you some clothes. And she she went and got it. And does her Ahsoka hoodie still fit her? Now, like once I, um, yes, I think it does. Okay, well, let me know when it doesn't because I have two of the adult Ahsoka hoodies in a small, and I do not need two. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So, I don't know how I ended up with two, but I have okay. two. It's, it's weird. Emergency. emergency one, just in case something happens go. to the other one. Right. Like, I have that was almost my excuse to buy another Jedi rope. I'm like, I, I think I might just need an emergency one, just in case the other one's in the wash. Exactly. You never yeah. know. That sounds about right. All right. Well, Jeff, did you have, you had a couple of new movie things you wanted to throw out here? Yeah. Okay. So, um, in the free time that I do get, or when I have a child sleeping in my arms and can reach no further than my phone, um, reading online, I just recently read that Star Trek is in a bit of a pickle right now because the two male characters um, aren't going to be in the movie. We're talking about the Kirks. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, from what I read, the studios that are financing the film do not want to uphold their end of the financial bargain. So both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth are currently not going to be doing star trek four i will not watch it <laughs> i am all about the chris's that is not good <laughs> well i'm call the studio because the from 
again, from what I read online and, you know, if you can't trust it online, then what can you trust? But the, you know, it's being pointed to the studio saying that they, they want the Chris's to take a pay cut and uh, the Chris's or their people have said, no, no, they've worked hard to get where they are. You know, Chris Pine um, was a, was a big part of wonder woman and really got that, uh, you know, help turn the DC franchise a different direction. And Chris Hemsworth has been just kicking all sorts of ass as Thor and, and all the movies that he's done and he's earned his paycheck as well. So we'll see what happens if they do any uh, renegotiating or if the studios cave, or if they're just going to scrap Star Trek four altogether. Um, at last I heard they are just sort of in a holding pattern. Cause I don't think they were expecting the Chris's to, uh, to back out. But that's well, where we stand with that. I'm just going to say, if Star Trek Four has no whales, I don't think I'm watching it anyway. <laughs> because that, I mean, when when they went back and they, I'm going to nerd out over some Star Trek stuff real quick. When they went back and they kind of rebooted the whole timeline, I remember when that first Star Trek movie came out and they, you know, they they blew up the one planet and and everything was was slightly different. Like time had changed a little bit. I kept I kept going. I went to go see it with uh, Bo, one of the other guys that we uh, we have on the podcast every now and then. And um, I remember turning to Bo and be like, "You know what, Bo? Really doesn't matter that they've reset this time thing because that probe is still coming and it's still looking for humpback whales." <laughs> so unless they have, unless when they get to number four in this series, they have whales. It, no, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't agree with it. Well, the whales may be the starring characters of Star Trek Four at this point. It, it may it? be. I don't know what I don't know what they do without without those characters. Yeah, I just I I don't I'm I I don't know I'm not huge into Star Trek, you know you know I'm more of a Star Wars guy, so I don't really know the the ins and outs of Star Trek or what they could do with the story. I don't even think I saw the third one. I didn't realize they were up to a fourth one at this point. Yeah. Um, but that's it is pr- some pretty uh, devastating Star Trek fan news there. So well, hopefully the, the third one was pretty good, I, I'll mm-hmm. say. And I'm not even really that big of a Star Trek fan. I became a Star Trek fan because of the new movies. So because of the Chris's? Well, just I think they have a more Star Wars feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. Uh, but they have a more Star Wars feel than I was. It was easier for me to get into them, I guess. And so I have gone back and now I watched older Star Trek stuff and I do like it. But I'm just to me, I'm like, well, if you're not gonna have the Kirks in it, that doesn't really I don't care. You know, Zachary Quinto's great, but like it doesn't make sense if it's Spock without Kirk. So what like who cares? They're gonna lose a lot of new Star Trek fans if they don't have them. Like that's dumb. Yeah, absolutely. It it will it will destroy the movie franchise. And then in a couple of years, you could probably, probably plan on some sort of reboot or reimagining again to try to kick it back in, in, into high gear. I mean, the, you know, they've got some TV stuff going on, which could uh, bring in the, the movie fans. But I don't know if that would be enough to sustain the, yeah. the, the, the fan base that they've that they've built with these movies. The only reason that that doesn't bring like keep me in it is because I don't want to pay for CBS All Access. So the I haven't even watched the show because I'm not going to pay for CBS All Access. And the reason I'm not is because Disney streaming service is coming out and I'm sorry but like 
seriously? Priorities. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> and I already have every other freaking whatever. So, you know, it's no. <laughs> I can't. That was my wife and I. We got, uh, is it, do you get like a one week or a two week uh, free trial when you sign I up did, for it? Or something? Yeah, I did the yeah. free trial. I watched like the pilot episode and the mm-hmm. second episode. And then I was like, okay, it was nice. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I did the same thing. Like we watched the first episode and then something, something in life got busy and our, our week or our two weeks or whatever ran out. And we're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll do, maybe if it comes out on DVD, we'll find it at the library or, or something. But I guess that's that. All right, moving on to the next point, not to harp on a, a negative, but I did read recently that Ruby Rose has left Twitter and disabled all comments on her Instagram because of backlash she received after the announcement of her as Batwoman in the uh, upcoming TV series. Of course. Um because that's how social media is. Yeah, it it Teresa, it drives me crazy. I and hate it. I it, hate it, it, it so it, much. It makes me incredibly sad that this is the point that we've reached with with all these social media platforms that it's just turned into I'm going to be able to spit whatever vitriol I want. Yes. Without any repercussion. But the the big criticisms that they were holding against her is that the character of um Oh God, Kate Kane is that the Batgirl she's portraying? I think. I think so. Yeah. Um. Th- so that character in the comics is Jewish and a lesbian, and uh, Ruby Rose is not Jewish. So that was a point of contention with people, and the fact that she is gender fluid and not considered or not doesn't consider herself to be a lesbian people had a problem with and just spit all sorts of venom towards her it's called called acting (laughs) right like at at, at (laughs) some point like 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 what's what's the point of acting if you're only typecast yeah okay so that means that i can only if i were an actress i could only be characters that are hispanic female and straight and Catholic. Good luck. Yeah, and, own, right. and, and own cats <laughs> and live in an apartment and a teacher. And <laughs> let me, what are all of my categories I fit in? I um, smell a sitcom. I know, right? <laughs> so intriguing. That's just ridiculous. I don't, I have almost deleted Twitter off my phone on multiple occasions. I only keep it on there so that I can post occasionally and I usually am posting from my Instagram to my Twitter and I don't even open the Twitter app. One of the few times I did was when I was like, hi, I really like Christopher Robin. I'll be on. Uh, and then I was, yeah, somebody talked to me, but for the most part, Twitter and I are not friends right now, but Instagram and I are, (laughs) but still even on Instagram, people are getting so awful with comments. I just don't, I don't get where people come from. I have a sign that I usually keep in my classroom when I have a classroom that says, don't be mean behind the screen. Cause seriously don't. It's not cool. That's I fully agree with that. And, and John, we've talked a little bit about uh, other, uh, other actors that have had to delete their social media because of backlash that they've received. And then recently when uh, Ahmed Best was talking about his, almost suicide attempt uh, from the, from the backlash that he received from the Jar Jar character. You know, it just, I just, it makes my head spin. 
when I think about just, you know, how, how do we as people achieve that moment that that's what we call our society? Well, and, and as you and I have talked before, I, I appreciate people's fervor. I appreciate people getting excited about these things that they love, but don't let it turn into that kind of junk. Mm -mm. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's where, and that's what, when originally, when I started listening to Steve's podcast back in the day, one of the things I really liked about his and that I wanted to make sure, you know, we kind of was keeping it positive. Like if you have something that you're excited about, let's be positive about it. Let's not tear people down. Let's not just spend all of our time complaining about it. I, I appreciate that the geeks and the nerds of the world want to get excited and, and be passionate about the things that they love, but it just, this has taken it just ridiculously too far. Um, and just, I mean, and, and the Ahmed best stuff, I mean, that's, that's like pre-internet. Like that's yeah. even before all the social media we have today and just the backlash that they got, um, you know, uh, was it Jake Lloyd you know, dropped out of acting and, and basically disappeared because of the way he was treated as a kid. Yeah. I mean, Hayden yeah. Christensen too. He's, he's said things mm -hmm. as well, but here's the thing that I always I always say, as somebody who suffers from mental health conditions, you have no idea what you're saying and what kind of impact that's going to have on that person. So you may be saying it in jest, or you may just be making an offhand comment, but that comment can get into somebody's psyche so far that you don't even know. And it's like, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives outside of what you're attacking them for. You don't know if they have a health condition of some sort. You don't know if they're dealing with family things. You have no clue. Preach. And it's mm -hmm. just it's just not okay. It's not. That was I used to have a poster in my classroom that had that quote and I don't I don't know who it originally is attributed to, but it's the uh be kind to everyone you meet because we're all going through a hard battle. Mhm. Mm like it, it's exactly that. Like you don't half the time when people are trying to tear somebody down on social media, they, they don't know the person. They've never met the person. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway I, I don't want to harp on that one, but I, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to bring it up because, you know, it's just, it's falling into this trend that needs to, needs to stop. Um, but moving on this next thing, I'm putting out a call to our listeners for help in identifying a movie. And maybe Teresa, you could help me out with this. Ooh. One of the trailers I, before I saw uh, attached to Christopher Robin, you, was, you know, Jeff, when you sent me this, I did. I, I it drove me nuts. I spent like three hours trying to look up this movie, yeah, and I, I the can't. fact that I, I'm good at searching things. Like I'm good. I used to work at a newspaper. I'm really good at searching for things. I could not find this movie. So go for it. So the premise of the movie, first of all, it's uh, it's a, a Spanish movie, and the premise is a little boy is uh, losing his eyesight, and he needs to undergo a surgery with a, I think like a 50, 50, uh, survival rate from the surgery. So before he does the surgery, he wants, he creates a bucket list for, uh, things he wants to do with him and his parents who are separated or divorced. I'm not sure which, um, and it's, a, it's just, it's, it's a family coming together to do things together, to celebrate, you know, being a different kind of family, but still being there for each other. And I cannot find what this movie is. And is it's it in Spanish? It is. And it, when it was, did it come out already? I don't think so. I saw the trailer for it before Christopher Robin. Hmm. So 
So if any of our listeners can figure out what it is, please let us know because it's driving me crazy. And I'm tempted to go back to Christopher Robin just to watch for that trailer again so I can find out what that movie is. Well, what's interesting is that I didn't have that trailer before. <laughs> yeah, Sean didn't either. Yeah, I didn't see it in mine either. I saw some hmm. trailers for some really crappy looking movies, but yeah, like Wonder Park. Oh. Yeah. Uh yes. small yeah. foot. Yep. Uh what else? <laughs> there's like a, there's like a whole bunch of I cannot get into a house with a clock in the walls. I I keep wanting oh. to. I vaguely That's remember just... reading that when I was a kid, but after watch after seeing the trailer, I was like, eh. okay, so it's like goosebumps, but not goosebumps. And it came after. Yeah, I think. I think right after the Goosebumps trailer as well. So I'm like, oh, there's okay. that one. Yeah, right. there's two good trailers you get before Christopher Robin live action Dumbo and Mary yep. Poppins Returns. That's all. Which I, I want to talk about both of those. Okay, good. <laughs> but before, before we do, I was just reading. Um, for those listeners or, or Disney fans that are planning on hitting up uh, D23 in 2019, tickets go on sale on August 23rd, I believe, August 23rd of this year. Tickets for D23 of next year go on sale. So I've never been. I'd love to go someday. Teresa, have you ever been to D23? No, I want to go so bad. Oh, my God. It would be so amazing. Um, I I have not been to D23, but I am so, so, so happy that Star Wars Celebration's in Chicago this next year, and I already have my ticket. Y'all are so lucky. I, 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 I have it on the calendar. It's yeah. it's on my radar. Can I? That's all I've got. <laughs> well, doesn't Greg have connections in Chicago? Can't you it's come not up that about, weekend? It's, it's not about that. It's about my job and getting away and stuff. You know, work, adulting, garbage but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now you made me sad again i know sorry <laughs> sorry let's talk about fox and the hound shall we no <laughs> all right <laughs> please so, no so these two live action trailers let's start with um the dumbo trailer yay i'm i'm so excited for this <laughs> me too <laughs> and so the day that the trailer came out earlier this summer I was like, oh, it looks great and had uh, baby mine and, the, you know, as, as the underscore. So I'm, I'm holding my son at one point. He's, I don't know, two months old, three months old around there. And, you know, he's sleeping in my arms and I'm walking around. And I just start singing baby mine to him. And I was not prepared for the emotional reaction and response that I had. Because looking at him and hearing those words... Um, and he's just peeking in the door right now. Hi. Oh, um, get him in, into the window real quick. Oh, there's hey, Thomas. Hi, oh, hi. hello. Say hi, bud. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, looking at him and, and singing, singing those lyrics and having that context, I just had a breakdown I was not expecting. So now seeing the trailer in the theater and, and just seeing the scope of it on the big screen and again, hearing baby mind playing, like I had this lump in my throat just watching the trailer. And I love that this movie is, is bringing that out of me. So I'm super excited. Oh. I'm super excited for this. Yeah. I have a, I have a newer 
love for Dumbo than I used to. I, I, I liked it, but now I like it even more and it's sort of tied into my relationship and the Dumbo ride and having Dumbo stuff things and everything. So now I'm like, Dumbo, Dumbo. <laughs> but it doesn't look like there's going to be a Timothy. So I'm a little sad, but that's okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would assume that the kids that they show in the trailer are going to serve as the Timothy character. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's my guess. I don't know anything about the movie other than what the trailer showed, but it is a beautiful looking trailer. You know, I, I did have an issue with Tim Burton when he took on Alice in Wonderland and I was not a huge fan of Alice in Wonderland. So to hear that he was taking on Dumbo, I was a little concerned, but the trailer looks great. It reminded me a lot of Big Fish. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have seen Big Fish. Long that, was, time. that was another uh, Burton movie involving circuses. Um, so again, it, it, it looked, it looked really good. I'm super excited for it. Me too. And finally, Mary Poppins trailer or Mary Poppins yes! returns. Um, now I'm trying to think back to what, to the DVT recordings or podcasts that I listened to. And at the time. Oh, when time, I was very anti Mary Poppins movie. I, that yeah. was a thing. I was, yeah. I was not. A fan. Well, I don't think that had the trailer come out yet. No, I was being but, uh, extremely judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's the thing that's confusing me about it is the timeline that they're following in the movie. Because I thought it was Jane and Michael are grown with their own kids. But the kite that they use or show in the trailer is the kite that they fly at the end of the first one. Right. So has the kite been around for like the last 30 years and now they decide to throw it away? That, that I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble just placing the timeline of events. No, I think they just use the kite as symbolism probably for a trailer. You know, or it might mm -hmm. just be symbolism. Maybe it has been around for 25 years, but the film is set 25 years after the events of the original film. Okay. Uh, so. Because it has, a, it has the, the votes for women, sash as the tail. You know, yeah, it's, it, I, it's the kite that they mended. And, and like, I don't know. It just I had me confused. Symbolic, I think it's a symbolic magic kite. <laughs> it's been, it's a magic <laughs> kite of love. But from what it says... <laughs> That she's revisiting them after a family tragedy 25 years later. So can we assume a parent gets killed since it's a Disney movie? Of course, because that's exactly how Disney works. <laughs> that's the theme that I pull out a lot of your, out, of, out of the DVT episodes is that look for the parent getting killed. Somebody dies. Because in Moana, it wasn't a parent. It was her grandmother. But, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so, some sort of important figure to the protagonist dies. Yes. yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I love Mary Poppins and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they did, what they do with the story. And I hope that it's different enough that it's not like they're trying to recapture and redo the ma and, and try to refine the magic that they had with the first one. Mm -hmm. But instead they treat this thing as its own entity. Yeah. You know what? I mean, with 
if you just think about the movie we're going to talk about, which is Christopher Robin, with what they did with that, if they can do that, they can do Mary Poppins Returns. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it was just I and I was so skeptical about it just because, I mean, Julie Andrews and all of that. But the, from the first couple of trailers we've seen, it just looks stunning. So I'm down for it. Yeah, right on. All right. Well, that is all I have in my news. Um, Teresa, do you have any Disney news that you hmm. that you that you know about that you've been itching to share? Any Disney Watch sort of stuff? I'm trying to think if anything has popped up recently that I am not that I. Uh, the only thing I've seen recently is that Disneyland was going to be making this really like elaborate luxurious hotel that they have now put on hold indefinitely so i don't know what that's about i just read that uh, it had something so to do with the tax code or something yeah like that. something like that anaheim's really interesting when it comes to that as far as film goes they've been knocking it out of the park incredibles 2 was great and got christopher robin and then you have a handful of just amazing stuff coming uh mm-hmm. up so I think like our fall winter movie season Disney is going to be pretty incredible. So hold on to your pants, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, John. All right. Teresa, let's talk about Christopher Robin. Let's, let's wander into the hundred acre wood. Christopher Robin was released on the 3rd of August, 2018, rated PG, with a runtime of 1 hour and 44 minutes, directed by Mark Forster, who also did Monsters Ball and Stranger Than Fiction. Producer was Kristen Burr, who did Kingpin and Freaky Friday, and also Brigham Taylor, who did Remember the Titans and Chronicles of Narnia. Writers for this one, a lot of writers on this one, Alex Ross Perry, who did the screenplay, also did Listen Up, Philip and The Color Wheel. Tom McCarthy did screenplay on this one, did Spotlight and The Station Agent. Allison Schroeder also did the screenplay known for pineapple express and hidden figures uh story for this one was greg greg brooker who did Stuart little uh, also mark stephen johnson did the story grumpy old men and ghost Rider. and then characters are based on a.a milne who did the many adventures of winnie the pooh and uh, a couple of episodes i think of alfred hitchcock presents and then also the illustrator e.h shepherd uh, who illustrated the winnie the pooh books cinematography was done by matthias uh, konigsweiser and uh, also did All I See Is You and Perfect. And music was done by John, I think it's uh, Brian or Brian. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Step Brothers. And Jeff Zanelli, who did Disturbia and Into the West. The budget for this one was between somewhere between 70 uh, and 75 million. And as of the time that we are recording this, the box office has been about 67.4 million. Starring Ewan McGregor as Christopher Robin. He was in Moulin Rouge, Train Spotting, and the Star Wars prequels. Jim Cummings as Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, the voices. Uh, he's also been in Winnie the Pooh, Aladdin, and Shrek. Haley Atwell is Evelyn Robin. She was in the Captain America movies, Cinderella, and the Agent Carter TV series. Bronte Carmichael played Madeline Robin. She was in Darkest Hour and On Chesil Beach. Brad Garrett is the voice of Eeyore. He was in Everybody Loves Raymond and Ratatouille. Nick Mohammed was the voice of Piglet. Uh, he was in The Martian and Bridget Jones's Baby. Uh, Peter Capaldi was Rabbit. He was in Doctor Who and World War Z. Sophie Okonedo was Kanga. She was in Hotel Rwanda and After Earth. Uh, Sarah Sheen was the voice of Rue, and she has only been in this Christopher Robin movie. Toby Jones is the voice of Owl. He was in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Captain America. 
Mark Gattis played Giles Winslow. Uh, he was in Sherlock and the League of Gentlemen. Oliver Ford Davies was Old Man Winslow. He was in the Star Wars prequels. Ronke Adekolujo. I think that's about as close as I can get. I apologize if I said any of that wrong, and I guarantee that I did. Um, played Catherine Dane, was in Cold Feet. Adrian Scarborough was Hal Galsworthy, was in Gosford Park. Roger Ashton Griffiths was Ralph Butterworth, was in Game of Thrones. Uh, Ken Nwosu was Paul Hastings, was in Killing Eve. Uh, John Daglish was Matthew Ledbetter, he was in Justice League. Amanda Lawrence played Joan McMillan, was in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Orton O'Brien played young Christopher Robin, who was in a movie called Making Noise Quietly. Katie Carmichael was Christopher's mother. She was in Spaced. Tristan Sturrock was Christopher's father. He was in Doc Martin. Rotten Tomatoes, there's been a 73% based on 37 reviews from top critics with an average rating of 6.2 out of 10. Um, and then on Metacritic, the film has an average weighted average score of 60 out of 100 based on 38 critics, um, indicating mixed or average reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gives it an 89% cinema score in A. And Post Track, uh, one of those other systems that they use to kind of track how things are doing uh, movie-wise, um, is a 4.5 out of 5. No awards yet because it just came out. And a quick little summary here, Christopher Robin, now a family man living in London, receives a surprise visit from his old childhood pal, Winnie the Pooh. With Christopher's help, Pooh embarks on a journey to find his friends, Tigger, Eeyore, Owl, Piglet, Rabbit, Kanga, and Roo. Once reunited, the lovable bear and the gang travel to the big city to help Christopher rediscover the joy of life. Oh, I do like a party. Come on, Pig. What should happen if you forget about me? Silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pooh. I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred. We should be working this weekend, Robin. But I, I promised my wife and daughter I'd take them away this weekend. All hands on deck. You won't be coming to the cottage. Well, it can't be helped. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. Pooh? Christopher Robin. No. The tree I remember was in the countryside, not here in London. There's no opening. I suppose it's where it needs to be. Well, that's a silly explanation. Why, thank you. Pooh, why are you here? Oh, yes, I need your help. I've lost all of my friends. Let's get to the bottom of this. Look up, Pooh, here I come. Oh, oh. It would appear that I am stuck. Have you just eaten honey? I have not just eaten honey. I wonder which way. I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been. Do you? That's the way I do it. Hello, Eeyore. Christopher Robin, it's you playing again. <laughs> Let's go and see if we can find Piglet. I've already stayed far too long. Hello, everyone. It's Christopher Robin! So nice to see you all again. Why, thank you. Silly old bear. I was wrong about work. I was wrong about everything, and I've got to get back to my family. Farewell, Christopher Robin. I would have liked it to go on for a while longer. Perhaps it's our turn to save Christopher. You must be Madeline. Wait, you're the bearer of my father's drawings? Yes. Do you know where he is? I do. <laughs> Let's bounce! I just saw the most preposterous imposter. Look at him! If anyone wants to clap, now is the time to do it. Oh, bother. Oh, dear, dear. I don't remember being cheery. <laughs> People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. 
No, poo, that's not the... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Let's just start off with what's kind of your, your overall reaction. We'll, we'll delve into the movie and talk about, you know, the actors and the animation and the, the music and all that stuff. But just right off the bat, what was your initial reaction uh, in the theater and walking out of theater? When those credits rolled, what were you thinking? Teresa, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, really quick, I want to comment on the box office thing. Yeah. It, the reason I believe is because it has been denied a release in China so far, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. China is the second largest movie market. Uh, so it, that'll be interesting because uh, it's only made what twelve point three million dollars foreign, which is very abnormal. So. Correct. Yeah, I saw that. That I, I guess in China they've made comparisons to the Chinese president and Winnie the Pooh in the past. So, uh, so he said, "No, we're not showing it here." Yeah. Uh, okay. So initial reactions. I didn't cry as much as I thought I would. I laughed way more than I thought I would, and I left extremely happy. And that was all that really mattered to me was I had a huge grin on my face and I just said, okay, so I'm going to see that again tomorrow and I will see it at least like five times in the theater. I'm at three so far. So almost there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I was just, I was so happy when I left. Jeff, how about you? My overall feeling when I left is that I felt comforted. I felt like I, I felt okay. I just felt like everything's okay. Everything's good. Everything, you know, we're, we're, we're in a good spot. And I think that's just a lot to do with, with the character of, of Winnie the Pooh. I think he brings that sense of comfort. Um, and anytime you hear Christopher Robbins say silly old bear, I, you just sit there, you go, my God, like it's, it's, it's just a perfect moment. There are no worries anymore because he's just a silly old bear. And if we can appreciate that, then, you know, it, it works. This, this, for the most part, for me, this movie worked. There were a couple of things that I wish was, were done differently, but overall I left, I was smiling. I was singing uh, all the songs in the car on the way home. Um, for the record, the Winnie the Pooh theme song is one of the first songs that I've uh, that I started singing to Thomas, and he loves when I sing the Winnie the Pooh theme song. And that's one of our stops when we take him to Disney World in uh, in December. You know, we're going to go get in line and get our picture taken with Pooh, and and you know, is one of my favorite characters. So I'm excited to be able to share that with him. But I I, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah, when we went to go see it, um, we saw it opening weekend, uh, the Saturday of the opening weekend, and we took the entire family, and I remember throughout this entire movie, I I had made the mistake. Usually I I try to avoid looking at any kind of critics' reactions to things before I go see a movie, uh, if I can help it, and I made the mistake of glancing at at least some of the headlines of what some of the critics had said. And for the most part, a lot of what I was seeing was the critics were calling it sweet but slow. And my first thought with that before I even go to see the movie was, well, okay. like we're not, it, it's not cars, you know, it's not, uh, you know, we're not, it's not Wreck It Ralph. We're not here for like 
breakneck speed excitement. We're here for Winnie the Pooh. There's a different vibe when you're going into a Winnie the Pooh movie. And I think that this was just a, a perfect way to, Jeff, as you said, it's, it's, it's comforting. You just felt good when you left this movie. Uh, one of the other last movies that we saw recently, my wife and I, um, she is, I am too, but she's a, a big uh, Mr. Rogers fan. And we went to go see that Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, it was and, so good. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't, yeah. I haven't had a chance to go. But I mean, yeah, God, I, I, I adore that human being on so many levels, and if, I, tr- I truly miss him. If you want, if you want the one-two punch of goodness and kindness that will make you feel like there's hope for the world, then go watch those two movies right after each other. Um, well. It was interesting because in my head, I was drawing comparisons between Winnie the Pooh and Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it stemmed from um, just some of the line delivery of Winnie the Pooh. And like when they were, I, I, at one point, they were talking about the balloons or something. And Winnie the Pooh was just a shot of him like looking at the screen or at the camera. It's like, do you like balloons or do you mm-hmm. like red or something like that? I'm like, that is like, that, that's a Mr. Rogers question. Mm-hmm. The same way that Mr. Rogers would just address the the viewing audience. So it, it, there's again, there's just that sense of comfort between the, these these quote unquote characters. Although you definitely get the sense that the character of Mr. Rogers on TV is the exact person mm-hmm. of Mr. Rogers in real life. So when we when we left this movie, um, my wife is usually not the one to ask. You know, can let, let's go out and get a movie. Let's buy it. Let's get the movie on DVD. Let's get it on Blu-ray. She's. I'm always the one that's going out and grabbing stuff the day it comes out. Um, we as we were walking out of the theater, we hadn't even left the theater yet, and she goes, "Okay, pull up your phone. When's this coming out on DVD and Blu-ray? Because we need to go get it right away." And that, that's kind of all we've been talking about is every time I bring up and I, I said, you know, we're, we're doing our podcast on uh, Christopher Robin. And she just, every time she's like, that movie was so good. I can't even talk about how good it was. It was that good. And we need to own it as soon as it comes out. Um, we've kind of, we've talked back and forth about it too. And, and said that, you know, one of the other kind of beloved classics that we didn't go see because we didn't, we didn't really just from the trailer, like the way that they had done it was Peter Rabbit. When they had just done the more the most recent Peter Rabbit movie, we kind of mm-hmm. purposefully didn't go see that because it was a lot of like it was a lot of slapstick humor and it was a lot of stuff that we just felt, you know, we we grew up reading some of these stories and that's not what those stories are all about. It it may be a really fun kids movie and that's totally fine, but then have it be some other kids movie because that just wasn't the vibe that we were looking for from something like a Peter Rabbit. We we were kind of feeling it should have been more like what the Christopher Robin movie ended up being. No, I agree. And I'm a big Beatrix Potter fan and I didn't see Peter Rabbit either for the same similar reasons. I mean, if I'm going to watch a Beatrix Potter movie, I'm going to watch the like really old school one. My, my grandmother has on Betamax. That's like a play where there's like people in costumes and Mm -hmm. like dancing. It's the Beatrix Potter ballet play or something like, it's amazing. I'll just watch that. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff. Well, the, all these stories, they, they need to have a certain amount of heart, right? There needs to be an, an understanding by those that are making these, these movies that, you know, the, these are beloved characters and you need to go back to the source material and look at what the point of these stories was 
Otherwise, you're not going to translate the into a movie that is successful or a movie that people want to see. So when when this one, before we went to go see this one, one of the things after watching the trailer, one of the things that I was kind of curious about, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way at all because I, I love this other movie, I kept thinking, is this going to be like um, a more, is this going to be a new version of Hook? But just with oh, me, yeah. that was kind of, and I love the movie Hook. I loved it as a kid. It was one of my favorites. Robin Williams is one of my favorite uh, actors of all time, and so that that wasn't a problem for me if this was going to be similar to a Hook movie. But I think my take on it is it was in all the right ways. Yeah, just no Rufio. Right. I mean, I guess we could have had Tigger jumping around saying "bangerang," but you know, they did say that you lost your marbles. They did say that. Yeah. Which I was, I did catch that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that's actually one of the one of the probably the, the place where I bumped the most is that it seemed a little too similar to Hook. And then by comparison, where it fell short was when um Christopher Robin had to remember that he had to play to be able to slay the heffalum. Mm -hmm. It just, it didn't feel natural. That progression didn't feel natural. I, I could buy enough the fact that he's stuck in this job and this job is demanding and, you know, he's, he hasn't been there for his daughter. He's, he's lost a connection with his wife. I got that. Okay. But the journey that that character had to take I just I I didn't think it was there in a way that it should have been. It didn't the the progression of him going from being annoyed from the moment that he had to cross into the hundred acre wood, he was still an he he was an annoyed adult, and then all of a sudden it's like a a switch went off in his head, and now he's playing like it's no big deal. I would have liked to see more of a a draw of bringing that character back to playing and, and maybe, maybe Pooh could have done that more. The character of Winnie the Pooh could have done that more in his one-on-one -on -one time with Christopher Robin and, and finding ways to keep reminding him. It's all about using your imagination. It's all about playing. It's all about creating. I just, I, that, that's, that, that's just, the, that's the one, one place that I really bumped was that, that switch, that change just seemed to happen too fast and in a very unnatural sort of way. Well, I think for me, the way that I saw it is he falls into the Huffalump and Woozle trap that he made and he gets hit in the head and he has one of those dream sequences, almost like Pooh has in one of the original cartoons where he kind of mm -hmm. comes out of his body during the Huffalumps and Woozle mm -hmm. song and he's like kind of floating around and then he wakes up and this pit is not as deep as he thought it was. And he's able to climb out. It's And now it's sunny and not foggy. And it's like he is, he's crossed over into the land of make-believe, if you will. You know, and he's still, he's, he's Eeyore because now they're starting to reappear. So there's Eeyore. But that part where he's fighting the Heflumps is probably one of my favorite parts because of all the crazy things Eeyore says. Because he says, thanks for kidnapping me and yep. sacrifice the donkey. <laughs> and then 
he figures out that it's Christopher Robin because he sees him playing and he figures it out. And then he starts making the heffalump noises and I lose it every time. I'm laughing so hard. Don't get me wrong. I I think it's a a very sweet moment. It's a great moment. It's a very genuine moment. It's just the approach to that moment, I think, just didn't translate. Mm-hmm. Right. If 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 it was the bumping his head in the in the trap, if that's the moment that was supposed to knock some sense into him, I don't think that translated well. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, because you know, and I'll go back and watch it again, and maybe I'll look at it and go, "Oh no, you know what? I do see that. I just didn't get that sense that that was the the moment that was going to change everything." Um, because he was still hesitant to play. It's not like he went right into playing because he got bumped on the head. He was still hesitant to play. And all of a sudden it was just like, well, now I'm just going to be Christopher Robin and I'm going to slay the Heffalum. You know, what, where did that come from? What, what, what drew that out of him? What was the moment where he realized I just need to play this part. I need to, to go back to what I, uh, to what I did as a kid. I think it's when they called him hideous. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that could be, I think you're right. That's, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, again, it's, you know, it, it's nitpicking at things to say that that's my, my criticism, my big problem with the film, you know, it's, it's still great. It's still a, a, a really fun journey with with such a a wonderful message. Yeah, and you know, I don't think and when I think about my nitpicks, I'm not really sure I have any. Uh, I just can't really think of anything that stands out to me. Maybe, maybe the only thing is that they didn't really express it very well with all of the hundred acre wood characters, but I feel like some of his coworkers at Winslow's were supposed to be, what's the right word? Uh, real, I guess just real life versions of the Pooh characters. Cause there's that older gentleman that I felt was very Eeyore. And every time I've watched it, I've been trying to figure out who, hmm. who is each character in his real life with his like workers because they kept looking at certain people and yeah, it, it was very it was very much a wizard of oz moment uh, you and you were there and you were there and yeah 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 it was it, so i kind of caught that a little bit there's also some easter eggs in there that i caught that i'm not sure really anybody else has seen that i thought was kind of cool too so there's two specifically that I can think of. Um, so I'm curious if you guys happen to see any of those. What'd you I, find? Yeah, I don't uh, Having only seen it once, I think I was just so caught up in just feeling so good <laughs> about seeing this movie and just being happy when the, when we came out of this, that yeah, I, I, I don't know that I caught too many of them. So I think there's... I was so excited to be out of the house and being able to go to a movie that. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a reference to 101 Dalmatians. There's a woman that walks across the street with a, looks like a Perdita Dalmatian. Hmm. They walk right in front of, in front of the screen. And I was like, Ooh, Perdita. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one is the guy that plays Rigetti in the parts of the Caribbean films. 
he's the one that owns like the newsstand or whatever that the taxi cab crashes into. And I'm like, you're from pirates. You're the pirates guy. <laughs> so I don't know if that's an Easter egg, but I was like, Hey, I know you. <laughs> yeah. I recognized him when I saw him, but I couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the, the Dalmatians one is the one that stuck out the biggest to me. Then I was like, Ooh, 101 Dalmatians. I, I did not pick up on that at all. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't, or maybe it was an accident. But either way. <laughs> now, did you go into it looking for Easter eggs? No, I saw that on the second time around. I it, it walked. You know, I just saw. I was like, oh, look. <laughs> so no, I, I wasn't actually looking for it. All right. So, oh, go ahead, John. No, I, I, if you had something, go ahead. I was going to jump in and talk about how the actors did. Well, I, before we do that, I was just going to ask uh, for your, for, from both of you, and I'll share as well, just what's what's your background with Winnie the Pooh? What What is it about that character? Or, or, the, or is it the story, the original stories? Or, you know, what, what is your tie-in to it that, that brings you to wanting to see this movie and, and having so such high expectations for this particular film. Well, I don't know if I had high expectations per se. Uh, I try not to have high expectations for movies cause then I'll get let down if it's not good. So, but for me, my background with Winnie the Pooh is literally my entire childhood. Uh, you know, I am, 33 so i was born in 85 and a lot of the pooh bear stuff had come out before me and but i just grew up with it i watched everything pooh bear i watched pooh corner which i don't know if you guys remember pooh corner but is that I, the live action one yeah with the costumes yeah i and i love dumbo circus and pooh corner which were both out <laughs> around the same time and they also mostly aired before i was born so i saw them on reruns uh but i I just loved it all, and I had a little stuffed Pooh Bear even as a kid, and then I have Eeyore and Tigger, and I had everybody. And even still today, I see Pooh Bear stuff, and I buy Pooh Bear stuff. It's just, there's something about it. And for the longest time, I thought Eeyore was my favorite, and Eeyore is my mom's favorite, but I think I'm actually more of a Pooh Bear than anything else. Like, he's my favorite character mm -hmm. out of the 100 Acre Wood characters, but... I don't know. I watched the mini. Well, I watched oh, what was the actual TV show? The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is the movie, and then the TV show is. I think was it called the New Adventures of Winnie the, the Pooh? New Adventures yeah. of Winnie the Pooh, and I watched all of that. Uh, so I don't know. It's been everything to me since I was a kid. So it's just it's very nostalgic. When I went to see the movie the first time, I had my stuffed Pooh Bear with me. Um, I'm yes, also I saw that picture you posted. He's the Sum Sum Pooh Bear because I don't have a regular one uh, at the moment, and my Eeyore's too big. He's a kind of actually I have a Pooh, but he's like half of my body. <laughs> big, uh, yeah. So I'm also a really big stuffed animals person, huge, with like massive collections of stuffed animals, and so to me, my stuffed friends mean so much to me it's ridiculous how much they mean to me. And if mm -hmm. something happens to them, 
I will break down and have like a childlike fit even today. Uh, I have a stuffed Simba that got attacked by a dog when I was like in my mid twenties and I couldn't stop crying for days. And I took it to my mom and she had to re-sew stuff and glue the eye back on. And I had to give him a bath until he got clean with like baking. It was a whole thing. It was terrible, but he's fine now. But it's just my stuffed friends are everything. <laughs> so, so it's just like all of it. I'd laugh because I'm 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 the same way. I've got I've, I've got a bin in my basement, and I know I think I've still got a bin in my parents' house of all my stuffed friends. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them, I'm you know I'm looking forward to sharing with with my son with any future kids that i have um although i'm kicking myself because i've somehow misplaced my uh my 22 inch roger rabbit oh no and i don't know i i think he may have accidentally ended up in a donate pile Uh-oh. so I, I i'm i'm struggling with accepting that it's it's got to be somewhere I, i'm searching high and low in both my house and my parents house i know it's somewhere have you have um, you tried a uh, shave and a haircut on the wall? Maybe he'll I, show up. You know, <laughs> I, I'm no good at, at at redoing walls. Okay. So I don't I don't want to run the risk. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, and I you guys are both parents. I'm not, but you're saying like, oh, I can share them with my with my kids. And in my non-parent mind, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I, I've got a handful that will not be shared. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I do have some like, you know, like if, in my in, in my boy's room now, I, I he, one of my winning the poos is sitting in his room now, mm. you know, and it's and passing that on to him. Um, well, we're going to share, I guess. I, <laughs> I'm not letting go completely. We're going to share. Um, that was a, that was a discussion that we had when John was old enough to start playing with Star Wars figures. He was like, "Oh, can I have these?" We'll do, mm, no, hold on. <laughs> let's let's have a conversation here. Um, you may play gently with them. Uh, some of them, there are some that you may not touch at all, but you may play gently. And no, you may not have them. You're giving them back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, this movie made me want the Christopher Robin movie versions of these plush. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Now here's the thing. I didn't know this. Apparently they came out on the Disney store website before the movie came out. I don't know how long before, but before the movie came out and they are now sold out slash backordered. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get one. You will. And I, 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 I have faith. I better. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say, but I did check they have a section for Christopher Robin with a bunch of, you know, memorabilia from the film. And the only one that is currently available is Kanga and Rue. I don't want that one. I want Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I need Pooh Bear. But I just hope that if that it's soft, I don't want it to be, you know how there's some stuffed friends that are, they look really good, but you go to touch them and they're like, kind of hard mm-hmm. and stiff. I don't want, I need a squeezable. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my history. <laughs> well, my history is not quite as detailed. I, um, 
you know, used to watch the cartoons growing up, the the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and um, but the one I I don't know that I ever read a copy of, and I think this was kind of an old standby back in the day. Um, he had taken Latin in high school and college, and one of the old standbys was to have a copy of Winnie the Pooh in Latin. And that's what a lot of the different classes would, you know, you'd buy your other textbooks for the class, but then there was a copy of the the old Winnie the Pooh books um, translated into Latin. So that was one of the things that, that people used as they were going through their classes. So I remember having a copy of that, but I don't remember ever actually sitting down and reading the old books. It was always the cartoons, and in particular, it was just a nonstop either renting or we owned um, the Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. And it was just watching that one over and over and over again. You know, the one where it, it tells the the meeting uh, Tigger and the, um, I think that's that's also the, the Heffalumps and Woozles one. And um, I think just constantly watching that one. I hope we bought it at some point because if we didn't, we rented it so much we should have bought it. Um, but I just, I remember watching that constantly as a kid and loving it. And that being one of my go-to things that if, if we were going to sit down and just pop in a, a VHS tape and watch something, it was going to be either the original star Wars or Pete's dragon or Winnie the Pooh and the blustery day. Well, and so, you know, what's so funny about that is that's one of the four core featurettes that makes up the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So yeah. they like kind of, you saw it on the Disney channel all the time because it was just one of the four and that's where Wednesday comes from, uh, you know, and a bunch of the other stuff. And when they're floating around and Pooh's stuck in a honey pot and mm-hmm. Piglet's stuck on a, stuck on a chair and they're trying to catch him with a scarf. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. and that's and that's why I love that moment when Christopher Robin, old Christopher Robin, is trying to climb through the tree and he gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and then Pooh asks him, "Have you just eaten any honey?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah, I know, I know how that feels. The only character I missed from this is Gopher, and I realize he's not an original, but still, yeah, I am a fan of Gopher and his lunch. Uh, <laughs> and so, yes, yes. My, if I had a favorite of the originals, it's probably Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree when he's the little black rain cloud. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my background with this is more, I want to say, based on the books than it is uh, the Disney. Now, I had seen the Disney movie, the uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I'd seen that multiple times when I was younger. Um but the books is something that uh, my mom and I connected with. And she has a, uh, a collection. I think it's just the first two books called The World of Pooh. So it's the first two of, of the novels in one, uh, in one edition, which she got from a dear friend of hers, which now sits on display in my basement, in my, uh, in my library. Um, so the character, it's more sentiment for me um, because, you know, I, I think of Pooh Bear and I think of the connection I have with my mom and how that was one thing that she and I, uh, she and I connect with is our, our love for, for the stories and our love for the character. Um, so I, I haven't seen a lot of other Winnie the Pooh things. 
because I love the stories and I love many adventures of Winnie the Pooh so much. Every time something else gets churned out, I'm always worried. Is this going to be the thing that kills my love for this? So I don't have a lot of background with any of the other uh, other versions of the movies or the TV shows. I can remember seeing it here and there in bits and pieces here and there, but I don't, I don't know if I ever sat down and watched the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I don't, you know, I, 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 I didn't watch the, uh, the live action people in costume show. Um, and there was a marionette show, I think, mm-hmm. wasn't there? I, yeah, I think um, so. You know, again, caught bits and pieces here and there, but I just, I never invested in in anything else other than the books and the original Disney movie. But, well, the, um, the, the Tigger movie is pretty good. And also the a Very Merry Pooh year is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I might be biased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teresa, you're so great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and if anything, from listening to um, from uh, to Disney Vault Talk, it's that I've been able to gain an appreciation of going back and, and looking at some of these movies that I've skipped over. And some of these things that I've skipped over because I don't, they don't look interesting enough to me, or it, it doesn't seem like anything that I would want to uh, spend my time watching or, or, or getting involved with. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to start looking for, and I think some of the stuff is on Netflix, but the, the, the 2011 movie of Winnie the Pooh and the Ooh, Piglet that's movie. Good too, except for and, it has this weird, thing in the middle but it's really good and the piglet's big movie okay i i'm just gonna say they're all good so don't ask me <laughs> it's very hard to find a disney movie animated movie that you did not care for other than yeah. i think the black cauldron yeah, yeah. Um, uh Pooh's heffalump movie is really cute because the heffalump the character they introduce is purple and he's cute his name is lumpy <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm definitely I I want to go back and and see a lot of of the movies. I don't know about the TV shows, but I want to go back and, and see a lot of these movies that I had kind of uh, brushed past. Um, and a lot of it, I think, is due to one DVT and two seeing Christopher Robin and revisiting the characters in uh, in this particular movie. Now, I did want to ask you guys about the actors, because obviously a, a big part of this is the animated characters, um, all the, the friends from the Hundred Acre Wood, but the actors themselves. I, I had read a couple of different um, critics that their their main comment was that Ewan McGregor really kind of carries the movie, that if it weren't for Ewan McGregor, the movie would have fallen apart, or if you tried to get anybody else in that role, which is kind of hard to say, because... Who knows? We don't have a movie with somebody else in the role. Um, but that was kind of one of their main comments was Ewan McGregor is the best part of this movie. Now, I am a huge Ewan McGregor fan, so I think I would have a hard time giving an unbiased opinion because I don't know that I've found a movie yet that he's been in that I don't enjoy. But um, I thought he did great. You know, just his portrayal of a grown up Christopher Robin um, going through, we mentioned earlier, going through almost kind of like a, a hook type phase of I'm a, you know, grumpy, beleaguered businessman and I haven't, you know, I haven't, I don't play, I just work and I encourage my children to work and, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, all work and no play. And, 
And um, I think he just does that, just does that really, really well in this movie. So, I mean, definitely Ewan McGregor. I, I really like, I really like his portrayal of Christopher Robin. I think he, he just, he really hit the nail on the head with it. No, I agree. Now were the critics saying that were they, complaining about that or was that a knock on the movie no they were saying that all of the other actors were for the most part forgettable and that really he was the only other than the animated characters he was the only bright spot in terms of the actors and they, they said that he did a great job everybody else could have been completely interchangeable um you know you could have thrown anybody else in the role and it would have been fine and that they were all very forgettable other than ewan mcgregor I kind of agree with that, although I think Haley Atwell really did a good job as far as her character and being strong and, you know, you know, you kind of even hate that, like the strong female, because you don't really, all female characters are strong in their own way, but, you know, playing the role that she had to play of the wife that was, and mother that was taking care of a daughter who hadn't met her father in the first three years of her life and all of that stuff, so that was I think she did a good job with that. And I think that was important, but I'm perfectly fine with you and McGregor carrying movie because he's you and McGregor. And I, again, I'm, I'm uh, very biased, but the way that he played Christopher Robin, I thought was perfect. And I really think that he truly understood what he had to do and what he had to accomplish. And I, I've heard him talking on, on shows like, oh, Conan, not Conan, she's uh, Colbert. There we go. Mm, I was like, yeah. wrong C word. <laughs> uh, Colbert and stuff, and just about how fun it was. And he gave Jim Cummings all kinds of credit for his portrayal and things like that. So it was, I, I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was the kind of the best parts of the very uh, uh, innocent aspect of his character from Moulin Rouge, almost just kind of this innocent, you know, I'm a, I'm a wide eyed young man, you know, who's in this crazy world that all these colors and dancing and all this other stuff. I, I kind of got that kind of a vibe when he started to get bombarded with the characters in the hundred acre wood. And as he was, you know, that almost bewildered look as he's trying to figure out why in the world are these things happening? This was, this is imagination. I've forgotten about these things and, um, you know, just thought he, he really played that very well. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I stepped out. It was bedtime for little man. So, no worries. um, we're just talking guys. about some of the, we're just talking about some of the actors that, um, okay. you know, the, some of the critics had said that really Ewan McGregor was the only key actor in this movie and everyone else was fairly forgettable. Well, a lot of the critics are wrong. That's true. Um, I don't think that they're forgettable. I just, I don't think they had as much screen time and it, and quite frankly, it's not about the other characters. So they shouldn't have as much screen time. Um, you McGregor, I thought did great. I, you know, I, I, like you were, I, I heard your comparison there to uh, his character of Moulin Rouge. I think that's that's almost spot on. Is is this just this this young man? This 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 sense of wanting to do what's right and wanting to do what what he has to. And, and you know, he you get the sense that over the course of time, the character got sort of stuck in this spiral of work that has 
wedged him away from his family further and further and further. And, um, you know, I think you McGregor portrayed that really well, that, that loneliness that he had, that, that still that sense of indecisiveness, like, eh, I know I need to do this work, but my family's going away. And, um, so he definitely brought a lot out from that side of the character. Absolutely. And then just his joy once he does start playing and and starts finding the characters, the or, or, or the rest of the the hundred acre wood characters, he doesn't lose that joy. He keeps that, and he and he uses that to drive the rest of the movie. And I think it lends itself to a lot of the the uh, believability that he does have these stuffed animals, and they are talking beings of their own right and i don't know i i think he did a great job he had a lot of pressure on him to carry this movie and i think he did great yeah and i I loved how they brought around the the kind of the theme of the movie and and the end of the movie being related to uh Pooh's quote that you know sometimes doing nothing leads to the very best of something and we were trying to, I remember sitting in the theater and, and, and we were talking about this after we left the theater, you know, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to wrap this up. Like, I didn't know how, how were they going to resolve this whole issue at work where he needed to, you know, let go of a, of a certain number of people, just wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And I, I, I didn't, the first time, I, or the only time I saw it, I didn't predict what was going to happen. I didn't predict that that's the route they were going to take and where he was going to suggest that because they're a luggage company, if they give their employees time off, they'll go on vacation and they'll go on vacation with their luggage and then it will all work out. It'll be fine. And then you have that whole kind of the post credit sequence of everybody going on vacation. And it was just kind of like, I was like, you know what? I, I didn't see that coming as the way this was going to wrap up the movie, but it's perfect. Like it, it completely fits with the entire psychology of this movie it's it's you know that theme of you know what just sometimes you got to do nothing sometimes you just got to sit and and sometimes somewhere comes to you if you just sit there and wait absolutely i mean they hit on a big thing that i think plagues a lot of people which is that we get so wrapped up in our jobs and needing to make money that we forget to spend time with our family and the things that really matter and i know that i do that all the time i'm a workaholic it's it's bad part of my personality and I tend to overwork myself and take on too many things. And I know that about myself and I have to remind myself, you need to give yourself time. You need to have a relaxing day, you know? And so I've actually started thinking with my new job, I'm like, okay, so I find myself saying, okay, I can do this at home and I can do this at home. Then I can at least go home, but I can still get work done. And then I stop and I go, either you do it here or you go home and you let yourself relax, you know, so I'm having to choose. And Mm -hmm. uh, mostly I'm choosing to go home because I'm tired. (laughs) But, uh, but it's like, you have to, you have to do that at some point, you know, where you have to say enough is enough. Well, and it's so easy to get caught up in doing too much and taking on too much and over committing yourself. And you don't even realize that you're doing it as it happens until finally one day something happens, whether it's, you know, you, you find yourself going through some sort of physical exhaustion 
or you have a friend or a family member that kind of calls you out a little bit and says, you know, where are you? Where, where have you been? We, I, 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 I don't know you. Um, so I think absolutely taking those moments and just doing nothing, just, just sitting, just relaxing, just breathing, just you know, recharging your own batteries to be able to present the best version of yourself into everything that you do. And, you know, I, I, this movie kind of, uh, reminds us all that we have to do that. And again, it's through the words of Pooh that, you know, sometimes doing nothing is the best thing to do, you know? And, and again, it's, it's almost, it's comforting, but it's almost like sage, like wisdom, Mm -hmm. but it's so simple. And and again, that's where I make the comparisons to Mr. Rogers. It's such a brilliant idea, but it's such a simple idea. And that's that's a lot of what Mr. Rogers was. You don't have to overthink things. You don't have to over overwork things, overplan things. It's simple. And here's what it is. So that's definitely one thing that I do appreciate about this movie. It's just, it's having that reminder of do nothing. You okay, John? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to tell people when I'm doing nothing. And they're like, what are you doing? And I said, well, Pooh Bear told me to do nothing. Right. It leads to the best somethings. So (laughs) do you often listen to Pooh Bear? Does Pooh Bear often talk to you? Yes. I'm listening to my power animal. This is what my power animal told me to do. This is my power but, you know, there's some other really great stuff where they are in the phone booth and Christopher Robin is saying, you can't just talk to people. And Pooh is like, so you don't want me to be myself. And he has to backpedal like a parrot. No, no, you should always be yourself. And he's like, who bears? I'm confused. <laughs> Well, and, and but that scene is so great because, like you said, he's like a parent, mm-hmm. and you get a sense that he hasn't done a lot of parenting. He has a kid, but he hasn't done a lot of the parenting. Mm-hmm. He's he's bumbling his way through this, and and he's very sloppy with it. One of the things about this, when we we compared, we've compared it a couple times to Hook, and one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie that I think differentiates it from Hook is that as as much as I love Robin Williams. His character in that movie is really a jerk. And in this movie, what I appreciated was Christopher Robin is not a jerk. Like he's not, it, it, it almost doesn't come from, you know, in the, in hook, he's the workaholic, but he just, you know, he snaps at his kids and he gets angry at him. He's impatient and, and all those things. What I liked about this one was that it was very much a, you know, I, I'm doing this, but I'm doing this for noble reasons. If I'm not, um, if I'm not with my family, if I'm at work, it's because people's jobs need to be saved, not because I'm selfish and I, you know, just I'm trying to be the best person I can at work, and I'm I'm the hot shot, and I'm going to do this for myself and for my own prestige. Um, that was one of the things I really liked about this movie was that even though Christopher Robin was a sloppy parent. Um, it was for noble reasons. And I think that really stuck with just kind of the vibe that you expect to get from a Winnie the Pooh story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have his one jerk moment. 
where he flips out on Pooh. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart because Pooh just says, I'm sorry, you're right. Right. And he's like, he's like, you should just let me go for a fish in the sea. And then he disappears. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking, though. I know, but he says, yeah. a fi- like, you're getting all emotional. And then he says a fish in the sea. And you're like, no. The <laughs> <laughs> fish in the sea. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So what? I, I think that's that's a good that's a good point, time to jump into. What are some of your favorite lines from this movie? Because I, I just want to say everything Pooh Bear says. Everything, oh, yeah, everything. Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. He can't say something without you sit there going, "Oh, he makes so much sense." Your ladder mm-hmm. broke. It's <laughs> shelves. Oh, that explains why it's not good for climbing. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I I love. I just I love the characterization. Mm-hmm. I do. I it, it's he's such a sweet, genuine character that you know you you can't get mad at him. And the fact that Christopher Robin found a way to get mad at him, you know, it just it says a lot about Christopher Robin. You know, mm-hmm. like he he's he's lost his connection. Mm-hmm. Just like to everything else, he's now lost his connection to the one thing that he was so strongly connected to, the one thing that defined him for so long. And of course, you have the death of a parent that steps in and and is the jolt of reality for Christopher Robin. And it's a Disney film, so you need a death of a parent. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything Pooh says, it, you know, you just sit there and go, you know, that silly old bear. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorites is Kent when he says, can I have a travel balloon? And he says, you don't need a travel balloon. And Pooh says, I know I don't need one, but I would like one very much, please. And they go over there and then the balloon guy says, what color? And he's like, red. And you're just like, <laughs> oh <my God." laughs> it's like stop talking. <laughs> and then, you know, Christopher Robin does have a really funny line when the little boy has Pooh Bear, and he goes and he takes him by his leg, and he's got him upside down. He says, you can't just take a teddy bear from a grown man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, all that. So good. So that line of Christopher Robbins, I guess, is a glimpse into his starting to remember what he has to do. Remember how he has to connect and and being the protector for his friend Winnie the Pooh. Well, maybe even that, but jealous as like a kid would be. That's mine. Yeah, it's my toy. You can't yeah. have my toy. He's starting to step into that childlike self that he once was. Yes, and then the ride on the train is great when Pooh Bear's playing. Say what you see. Yes, but I think the fav- my favorite part of that he goes. I don't know what that is. Right. House. <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, when, when he plays it, but he has to whisper. Mm-hmm. Could you just play, play more quietly? House. House. Dog. <laughs> but then you get the smirk on Christopher Robin's face. Yeah. He's like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like he, 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 Winnie the Pooh is so literal that, of course, that's how he interprets that. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm trying to work. I need you to be quiet. It's, I just, he wants me to whisper it now. 
Yeah, so and I, you know what's funny is when they're with Madeline, and Pooh has now experienced this train ride in London, as he calls it. Hmm. And so he knows how they're supposed to act. They're supposed to play nap time, and they're not supposed to talk, and all this stuff. And he's trying to tell them how to do it. And he, Digger just ruins all of it. And Pooh's like, that's not nap time. That's not nap time. Like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so Tigger's like that one student that we've all had that's super ADHD. Yes. And there's just, there's no containing that amount of energy, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And his, I mean, his introduction to Madeline is so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, please, please sing the song. Sing the song. Do it. Sing the song. And then Eeyore's like, not the song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I, I was grinning so hard when he started singing. What's mm-hmm. a tigger? It's like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> like this. And, go ahead. And then it kind of passes to, at one point, to Christopher Robin, where he's going. He's like, well, you see... Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. <laughs> Trying to explain it to his wife. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I do love I, it, anything. Well, anything any of the characters says. But um, in particular, Eeyore. I, I, Eeyore has always been one of my favorite characters. It's one of my wife's favorite characters. Um, she realized, much like maybe your uh, Roger Rabbit thing, I think she realized that maybe her Eeyore hoodie that she really loved that was super comfortable might have gotten in the giveaway pile at one point. Um, so we, we may be on the search for a, a new Eeyore hoodie. Um, but uh, the, one of the points at which he's talking to his wife and she's like, is that donkey talking? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Eeyore, um, this, is, this is Eeyore. Eeyore, this is Evelyn, my wife. And then for the rest of the movie, he's, Evelyn, my wife. <laughs> as, as if that's her full name. Yes. God, I love it. So funny. And she says, "How are you today?" Don't get me started. He's so <laughs> he's so sarcastic in this. It's great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and he's it's like, he's like he says, sassy sarcasm. Yeah, he's like, if I were us, I wouldn't go in there. You know. <laughs> just, oh my god, it's so good. And then. Piglet and the way he says acorns because he says haycorns. Right. And that harkens back to the actual uh, novels. Right. His, his love of haycorns that they, they do bring that into the novels, but they lost that in the animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I do really like the meeting at the end where Pooh Bear or Pooh Bear, where Christopher Robin calls his boss a woozle. Mm-hmm. And then the boss's dad, I guess, Mr. Winslow says, let's address the heffalump in the room, shall we? <laughs> that was and great. That it was just really funny. Like that whole thing is so good. And he says, that donkey is looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's just so, all of that is so good. The way that it all kind of comes together in the end. And I love when Christopher Robin says, I've been a father of very little brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it just it, it incorporates everything about Pooh. It, it incorporates everything about their connection that, you know, you sit there, you're like, oh, this, this is one of the best friendships to come out of literature, to come out of out of cinema. And it, to see them have that moment of getting back to that level was just so sweet and so genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So Jim Cummings, I don't know if you guys talked about this while I was out. Jim Cummings. Let's talk about when the trailer first came out and you see an adult Christopher Robin sitting on the bench saying what to do, what to do. And you hear the Winnie the Pooh voice. The what to do indeed. What to do indeed. I damn near jumped out of my chair. Yes. When I heard the voice. And then you then visually all you see is that is everything from like his eyes up because he's behind the bench. I could not contain my excitement when I heard the voice. So yeah. the fact the, the fact that they that that they brought Jim Cummings in to to create that voice for this movie was just perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, there's really no one else that could be him. I mean, Jim Cummings has been Pooh Bear since the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, and he's been Tigger for, you know, just as long. I mean, there's no way that they would have just gone and got recordings of Sterling Holloway. I mean, that would have been just a disservice when you have somebody like Jim Cummings who can do it so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he loves doing the Pooh Bear voice. Uh, he does it at conventions when he goes to them. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's great. And I'm glad that they had him. I also, Brad Garrett has played Eeyore in a couple of video games and some other stuff. So he was back as Eeyore, which was fine with me. Uh, but some of the newer ones, um, Peter Capaldi playing, I think he was Rabbit. It was Rabbit, yeah. was yeah. great. Yeah. I was, that was so good. Uh, I don't know who played Rue and Kanga, but they were spot on. It Piglet was perfect. I mean, they were yeah, all I, great. Yeah, they they were they were all wonderful. They were all what they needed to be. And I think anyone that grew up watching many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, or grew up reading the stories, or, or had some sort of prior genuine knowledge of these characters. I went in with a little trepidation because, you know, I, I had in my head what I wanted them all to be. And I was a little concerned, like, am I setting myself up to be disappointed? But these characters just lived up to to the true nature of who they were. Yeah, I think Disney has the Pooh Bear characters down to an art form now. They know who they are. And to be honest, they've really developed them into what most people know them to be. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Winnie the Pooh's, the books are fabulous and they're great, but I mean, had it not been for Disney, how many people would really, really know about Winnie the Pooh, you know? So, I mean, it kind of sucks for literature, but that's what Walt Disney did. (laughs) He took over people's characters and turned them into something much bigger, including, including Mary Poppins, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, you, you and Steve point out a lot in the, when you talk about the history of a lot of the films, the original source material and, and what some of the original stories were in a lot of these Disney movies and, and how Disney changed them for this reason or that reason. Um, but again, you know, he, he did this, the, he, he was, I think, dead by 77. Um, but his company knew what to do with the Winnie the Pooh characters to, to just create characters that would be beloved for years to come. Mm-hmm. And I will say the, the flip side of that too, is even though I have spent more of my life watching the movies and the cartoons, this movie in particular 
makes me want to go back and read the original books. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started to earlier this summer in hopes that I could get them read before the movie came out to see how many of Pooh's lines would be lifted from literature, you know, stuff he said in the books. And I made it about 36 pages into the first book. And that's as far as I got. So that plan backfired, but I also, I want to go back and and reread all of them, you know, and it it, it just reaffirms this movie just reaffirms my love for the characters. Um, now I, I tried to do a little research and I couldn't quite find anything, but apparently Jim Cummings wasn't the first choice to do the voice for Tigger and that there was an Irish actor, uh, and I'm reading this online, an Irish actor named Chris O'Dowd was yes, the voice correct. of Tigger, but because he did Tigger with an, a British accent, it didn't quite fit the character. I would love to hear what that sounded like. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could find, and maybe it'll be a a thing on the on the DVD or the Blu-ray when it comes out, some sort of bonus thing. Um, but I would love to hear what that recording is. Now, just, does just that were they talking that. about for this film, or are they talking about Jim Cummings as Tigger? Period. Because I think that was true going back to Jim Cummings starting as Tigger. Um, I'm not sure. I, I saw the same thing, but I, I thought it was for this movie, but yeah, I think it was just for this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know I had heard that before. I just wasn't sure, but you're right. I don't think he was the first choice to voice Tigger back in the eighties either. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, the other recordings I would love to be able to find and listen to are the, uh, Travers recordings from the filming of Mary Poppins. Oh yeah. I I kind of kind of but not because I really I in my in my brain I know that Walt Disney was pushy and that he was a slight bit of a jerk sometimes and I just don't need to hear it because that'll ruin it for me so I'm totally good. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I I get that too. Um but they did play uh play a little bit of it in the credits of saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. And, and I, I can was just like, I was like, wow, that is, that's fascinating to me. I would love to really sit in and hear that. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm okay with saving Mr. Banks because Tom Hanks as Walt Disney just seems like a match made in heaven. I don't know why. Well, Tom Hanks as anything is <laughs> perfect. Yes. In fact, isn't he slated to play Mr. Rogers in a movie? Yes, yes he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. So oh again, my god, like, he's Mr. Rogers and Walt Disney. I I don't know what more you'd want from from an actor. <laughs> I mean, that's two of the greatest children's icons and he's I, and and you know he's going to be great. He's going to be wonderful. In fact, it's strange too cuz his son Colin has a very striking resemblance to a very young Fred Rogers because mm. the uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood is air is on Amazon prime. So I started watching them with Thomas when he and I are downstairs in the mornings. And there is a very striking similarity between how those two look, but I digress. Um, the other thing about Winnie the Pooh that I want to say is as much as I loved Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. 
I'm okay that it went away to give us a Winnie the Pooh ride in the Magic Kingdom. Absolutely. <laughs> and the one at Walt Disney World is better than the one at Disneyland. It's longer. I am a connoisseur of the Pooh Bear ride. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've never been to Disneyland. It's, I'm hoping to go someday. Um, but I've been to Disney World a bunch of times. And the, the first time that I realized that Mr. Toad was gone, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You don't just take out Mr. Toad's wild ride. But then it was like, but it's replaced with a totally awesome Winnie the Pooh ride. So it's all good. It's a very enjoyable ride. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it does have Easter eggs to Mr. Toad's wild ride in the ride itself. Yes. So. Yes, I've seen a couple of them. Mm -hmm. You guys are just giving me more and more stuff to look for when I go to Disney. Oh, John, you have no idea. <laughs> I can give you so much stuff to look <laughs> well, at. My, my last trip there was not an enjoyable, relaxing trip at all. It was um, back when our, our district doesn't really do this anymore. But we used to send a small group of pre people to some national education conferences uh, years ago. And I happened to be selected to go on the group that went to Orlando. And I had not been to Disney in years at that point, but the, the principal that we had at the time, she was a huge fan of Disney and she wanted to, you know, when our, when our conference was done at like three o'clock every day, and this was almost 10 years ago now, um, when the conference was done at like three, three thirty every day, she's like, okay, we're going to get in a cab. We're going to go to Disney. It's already kind of late. The park is not going to be open for a huge amount longer. So everybody buy the fast pass, everybody, you know, do this. And, and we ended up running like jogging from ride to ride. She's like, okay, we need to get to this one. Okay. That one was fun. Now let's go get to this one. And I just remember, and I'm not a person who typically enjoys jogging. So <laughs> we were, I mean, this was not a fun, relaxing Disney world trip. So I'm looking forward to taking my family and actually enjoying Disney world this time. Well, John, I hate to break it to you, but it's still not always relaxing. No, Disney, I, I, I get that. Yeah, Disney is not a place you go to necessarily relax unless you get it in your head from the beginning that you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do. You're not going to be able to see everything that you want to see. Just be okay with what you get to do. And also sit down on a bench every now and then with a box of popcorn and just watch people yeah. because and and take breaks. And if people are tired, go sleep. You don't, you're not, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> as long as it, as long as people don't make me jog from place to place, then I, I'm going to be fine. I will count it as relaxing if I don't have to run. It's well, also okay for big groups to split up into very small groups or even go off by yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. One of the last times that Katie and I went just by ourselves, we were in the Magic Kingdom for 15 hours. And we were just, we were fast passing the hell out of everything and back and forth across the park numerous times, which really, that's a hefty trek to get from Pirates or to get from Thunder Mountain to Space Mountain. Oh, gosh, yeah. And and we did it a couple of times because we kept on getting fast passes for all the rides. We were exhausted. We most recently went with some other family and they had little kids with them, which was great to see. You know, but they got to meet the characters and the, the pictures of eating at the Emerald Palace where, or the Crystal Palace when uh, when the Winnie the Pooh characters came around to the tables is adorable. But Disney World with children is an entirely different experience that I was not ready for at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, God bless my parents when they took all three of us to Disney when I was a kid. I, 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 I know that I'm going to do that here in a couple of years. Thankfully, my kids are a little bit older, but I, I just remember when we went when I was a kid. I think my brother was maybe three at the time. He, for lunch, he, we must have gotten him a hot dog because I think he was kind of a picky eater. And I remember we have old video of this, and my dad is recording us at the end of the day, kind of asking us what we enjoyed. Um, about the day and he pans over on the camera to my little brother and I think my little brother is still holding a piece of the hot dog that he got for lunch I think he just sat there and munched on it and held it the entire day mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like okay well maybe at some point somebody should have checked in on him to make sure he wasn't eating a, a you know seven hour old hot dog um, but at least nobody got lost so <laughs> and, and my, my parents were complete saints by letting us you know we got those autograph books and then we get in line and I don't even know how many hours we stayed in line to get the Ninja Turtles autographs because this was 1991 and I just had to have all four of them. And God bless my dad for letting us stay there for however many hours and get all four of their autographs. And That's back when they had the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So probably I'm a big character meet and greet person. Uh, my, my biggest, which uh, most of the people in the Gullivers know about this. My biggest character meet and greet moment recently is when we were at Disneyland and rabbit was out. I just heard you tell the story on that episode. Yeah. Rabbit was out and he's very rarely out. He's never, never out at Disney world. And I was in line, but he was going to leave and he wasn't going to come back. And I was standing there and I was getting so sad and I was talking to the character attendant and she went and told him before he left and he stopped and brought me out of line and we took pictures and he like played with my hair and like all kinds of stuff. It was the grin I have on my face in that picture is a, the most genuine smile you will ever get out of me because I was, I was just in awe. Like it's rabbit. Oh my God. It was it was crazy. <laughs> has has Steve gotten a chance to meet Goofy yet? No, he has not. I'm looking forward to hearing about that when that happens. <laughs> I'll have video because I will be there. <laughs> um, the, speaking of video, there's a great uh, four or five minute video going around uh, the internet right now of a comedian um, as a parent in Disney World. And you don't see any of his kids that he's talking to or anyone that he's talking to, but he references like he looks down and he's saying different things. It is hysterical because there's so many things about that video you look at. You you know, at one point he's like, I gotta fake a leg injury. I gotta get one of those scooters. This is ridiculous. Um impressions of France, have a baguette and lose a world war. There, that's an impression of France. You know, just a lot of a lot of great stuff. It's like I said, it's about four or five minutes long. If you guys haven't seen it, I'll uh, I'll put it on the Twitters. Um, but it, I I've watched it a couple of times and I laugh hysterically every time because it's a lot of it is so true. You know, just the you know, he comments on the amount of strollers that are all over the the parks all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back down there in December. So before we wrap up, I, I'm going to ask this: Which of the Winnie the Pooh characters is your animal? Which one is 
the one that you feel like reflects you the most? Because I, I look at them and I think, well, a part of me is Pooh Bear and part of me is Eeyore and part of me is Piglet and part of me is, you know, I, I can go down the list and I can recognize myself in each one of them. But if you had to pick one, what would be the one Hundred Acre Wood character that you feel like is closest to you? Hmm. So, okay, like not favorites, but like one that would actually like if you took a quiz on BuzzFeed, which right. one would you be? Yeah. I actually think I would probably end up being Rabbit. <laughs> okay. I really do. I mean, he's very type A. Uh, he's very just sort of on edge all the time and not on edge in a bad way, but, you know, on edge, he's controlling, you know, that whole type A personality, which is very much me. Uh, and also just super hardworking, does like does his whole garden and everything by himself and wants everybody to be in order, like sit down, let's, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Like, that's me. <laughs> as much as I'd want to say that I would be Winnie the Pooh, I don't think I would be. Um, I might have to say Piglet. Because Piglet always walks around, he has that 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 sense that sense of worry, and never quite okay with things, and and, and always in the back of his mind, eh, well, you know, it looks okay, but there's still a chance it's going to go wrong. Um, I feel that way a lot of times. Um, so I think I, I think that's where I identify the most. I mean, I I can I can certainly see different parts of each character within me. But if I had to choose one, I think I would have to say that I am more of a piglet than anything else. I think if I had to pick one, I think particularly from this movie, I think I'd probably pick Eeyore. Cause I think it would be, especially we said it was, this is, this was a little bit more of like a sarcastic Eeyore, mm -hmm. like said, kind of a sarcastic, funny Eeyore. But I think one of the things about Eeyore is, I think a lot of people jump to the conclusion that, well, oh, you know, Eeyore is just, he's very depressed all the time. And I don't really know that he's depressed. I don't think so. He's, he's just aware of things going wrong and he's, he's kind of accepted it. it yeah. just He just happens to have a voice that sounds constantly like this. Well, that always happens, you know, and it's, I, I think that, I think in a lot of ways that, tends to be part of my, a big part of my personality too, is that especially kind of the, well, Jeff, you know, you, you work, your classroom's right across the hall from me. So, um, you know, I, I can tend to be a little sarcastic sometimes and, <laughs> you know, just a tad, just, and, a bit. Uh, just a bit. And, uh, that comes from living in England for a few years. And, uh, you know, I, I think that recognizing that things may not always be going your way, but not, I mean, the world's not falling apart around Eeyore, or, or at least he's not, he's not overreacting. He's not, his world is not devastated by the fact that something has gone wrong. It's just, oh, well, this is happening again. He, he tends to be, I think the most in tune with reality. Mm -hmm. Like he speaks about the reality of a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, a, a lot of the, the other characters offer different hopeful viewpoints. Eeyore's just, he's the realist. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. You may want that to happen, but this is how it's going to go. Right. And there's yeah. not, not that there's anything wrong with that either. Right. The other part of me would like to say, I wish I was Tigger. 
Now, there's, <laughs> there's, there's good and bad about Tigger, but I do think that sometimes, particularly when I'm, you know, just playing around with my kids and everything, I, I do feel a little bit like I'm kind of the Tigger, but there's also some stuff about Tigger that he just kind of charges in head first and, and doesn't really look before he leaps. I definitely am. That's, that's if I, that's my husband. My husband is Tigger. Yeah. So we go great. He's Tigger and I'm rabbit and I'm like, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) We need a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anybody really is poo, you know, like, is anybody really that vapid? (laughs) You know? I think everybody wants to be poo. Like you want to yeah. be that simple to where you I, just don't have that much going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Like you're just life is relatively easy. Well, I mean, outside of the the thought that he doesn't have much going on in his head, Mister Rogers, I think, is very much Winnie the Pooh. I, I could see that being a good fit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just very. He doesn't. You know, Mister Rogers didn't overcomplicate things. He just spoke very matter-of-factly and, and, you know, also took things very literally and and shared things with people very literally. This is the reality of it. This is what happens. This is, you know, this is why some families, mommies and daddies don't live in the same house, but that doesn't mean that they don't love you. You know, just very straightforward with things. Now, the, you know, the difference being Pooh was a bear of very little brains and Mr. Rogers was just incredibly smart and just understood the human psyche in ways that I don't think anyone ever will, or at least portray and share that they understand. But I think that if there was any living person that was Winnie the Pooh, it'd be Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I I would agree with that. All right. Well, is there any, any final thoughts that we want to say about the Christopher Robin movie? My, My final thought would just be, if you have not seen it, go out and see it four times. If you have seen Absolutely. it, go back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish it's, I could go back. It's worth it. It's really worth it to go and see it. And, you know, see it once with your kids, see it once by yourself. That way you can appreciate, you know, there's things when you have kids with you, I would assume you're distracted. <laughs> some of it, some of the time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I just go to movies. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to go to a showing of Christopher Robin that doesn't have a lot of kids, go in the evening. Mm-hmm. Don't go in the morning. <laughs> yeah. On a weekend <laughs> or in the summer. <laughs> I was surprised the showing I went to was relatively empty. I was I it made it it made me a little sad that more people weren't there, but there weren't any little kids in the showing that I went to. Hmm. Somebody in the same row as us had brought a baby, like a oh, no. maybe like a one-year-old baby. The baby was quiet the entire time, oh, so I was I, I was amazed. I totally forgot there was a baby there the whole movie. Um, but uh, yeah, no, not a lot of. There were a couple people with kids, but the the theater was nowhere near even maybe a third of the way full. Um, people so that get it, out there and go see this movie. Yeah. Well, that was, and that was the thing too, is we, we had a couple of different choices when we were going to go see a movie we're like, okay, this may be the last weekend of the summer where we're really going to have a chance to go together, all the whole family and see a movie. What does everybody want to see? And we were kind of looking at, we still hadn't seen Incredibles 2 and we still haven't. So I got to see that at some point, but that was one of our choices. Um, my kids, our family really loves the Teen Titans Go cartoon. 
and that one had just come out. We're like, oh, we want to go see that one. And then there was Christopher Robin, and we were kind of we we're going back and forth a little bit. And I'm really, really glad that we chose Christopher Robin. And even if you gave me a free movie ticket now and said you can pick any movie you want to go see, I might go back and see Christopher Robin again. Mm-hmm. I think of any of the others, uh, any of the others out there. I I really want to see Mission Impossible. I really want to see some of the others that are out there. But I think if you gave me a ticket and said right now you can go see anything you want. I think I'd go back and watch this one again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Christopher Robin talk. Um, so thank you so much, Teresa, for being with us here. Thank you for, for putting it out there that you wanted to talk about Christopher Robin. Cause we did. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for having me on and, Feel free to have me on for any other movies. I love movies. Movies are my favorite. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think for sure we'll, we'll, we'd love to have you back for any Disney movie that we, mm-hmm. uh, that we cover going forward. But yeah, I mean, and any movie that, uh, that we do that you're interested in, please feel free to reach out and, uh, and we'll find a way to get you on and uh, share your thoughts. I think our next Disney movie that we're going to come to is Little Mermaid. Because that came out in 89, so that'll be a part of our movies for next year. And there is, there is so much to say about that movie. I cannot there, wait. There's just cannot a wait. So much. So, that, yeah. That is, the, that is the movie that made me want to learn French. <laughs> and, and I had... You know what? Actually, when you were doing... Um, were you doing Beauty and the Beast... Was that last? No, it wasn't last year. That was a couple years ago when you were directing the play Beauty and the Beast. Uh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago. So I had I was in my office working, and I had some students that were in the hallway by my office, and they were trying to practice their parts, and they were supposed to be speaking with a French accent. I came out, and I was like, okay, guys, first of all, have you seen Little Mermaid? And they're like, oh, a couple of them had. And I was like, here's what you need to do. Go on YouTube. I want you to find the song Les Poissons. I want you to watch that song. I want you to listen to it. I want you to sing along with it. And then when the song is over, I want you to try to keep talking with that voice. Okay. So the next thing I hear is I'm being serenaded with Le Poisson in the hallway. I'm like, you know what? This has been a good day. (laughs) But yes, definitely, Teresa, we would love to have you back for any of our other uh, Disney movies that we do. And and just just really glad that we could kind of get together and and get this arranged and and talk Christopher Robin, because that, I think we... We all agreed that just we love this movie. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much. So again, if you, uh, where tell our, our listeners where they can find you, where are some good spots that they can go find you out on the interwebs? Best place to find everything I'm doing is on all social medias. I'm at Ice Cold Penguin. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's all the same. So that would be the best place for anything that I have going on. Awesome. <laughs> I just I was just saying. Oh my God! There's penguins on my penguins body. On my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I swear to you, I feel like you two are my close friends. <laughs> After listening to as much Vault talk as I have over the last couple of months, I feel like I know so much about you guys and all those inside joke things. I'm just like, oh my God! There's penguins on my body. <laughs> I love that. Steve's sister's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, All yeah, right. again, th- Teresa, thanks for uh, for joining us, and you know we look forward to having you back as many times as you want to come back. Absolutely. 
John, how can people reach us if they want to get in touch with the 30-something movie podcast? Yeah, best place to do that if they go to 30podcast.com. That's 30podcast.com. We've got a voicemail line. We've got links to uh, listening to us on iTunes, Google Play, all the different places you can get your podcasts. Uh, We are pretty active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all those different places. So if they want to check us out, they can go to 30podcast.com. That's the best place to do it. You can find out what shows we got coming up next um again we're in 1988 so we've got a few more 88 movies coming up um i am i'm, I'm kind of looking forward the kids saw that i had a, a dvd copy the other day of Ernest saves christmas and they're like when are we doing when are you doing that one when do we get to watch it because they loved Ernest goes to camp so i think we're i think we're super pumped for uh, Ernest saves christmas when it gets to december right on um, all right so thank you everybody uh thank you Teresa. thank you jeff and hey, uh So everybody be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies and go watch Christopher Robin. If you haven't already, go watch it, go watch it many, many, many times. Uh, Thank you all. And we will see you all back here next time.